thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. We're going to be coming from the book of Psalms today, Psalms 100. And the title of this message is going to be All of Me, All of Me. God is looking for all of you, all of me. Not some of it. He's not dissatisfied with just some of us, part of us, but he wants all of us. Psalms 100. It says, make a joyful shout unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord he is God. It is he who has made us and not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastor. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his court with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercies, it's everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Father, we thank you this morning for your word, for truly your word is life. It is you, Father, who speaks and have the power to perform. Everything is upheld through the great power of your word. And Father, we, we depend upon your word. We thank you this morning, Father, that... As you speak, we will listen. We surrender our hearts to you today, O oh Lord. We ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would give us ears to hear and a heart to receive what you're saying through this word today. Now, Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you would think through my mind and speak through my lips. Minister through this vessel of clay that you may be glorified and exalted and we bless you. We give you praise for the transformation that will take place from hearing your word. And all the people of God says amen. Amen. Psalms 100. It's a short psalm, but it's powerful. It is very powerful. If the question was asked to you today, if you had to live your life all over again, what would you do differently? If you had to live your life all over again, what would you do differently? What would be your response? Some would answer, some would answer that question and say, I would do everything differently. Some would come with a pious answer and say, I would do nothing differently because I got it all going on. But it was, a, it was a survey being done by a group of 90-year-old men and women, and they asked them that same questions, and there were three dominated answers from them. One of the answers was, 
I would reflect more. One would say, some said that I would risk more. Others would say that I would live my life more deliberate. Others would say I would be more thoughtful. I would be more intentional about my life and how I would spend it, how, did, how much time I would spend on the job. Other, others would say even in, in the risk factor, they said I would even move out of my comfort zone a little more. I would make my life count. Now, let me ask you as believers, if God himself were to ask you, if I would give you another opportunity to live your life all over, what would you do differently? What would be your response to God? In this Psalms today, the Psalms writer began to open up some realistic things to us of what, how are we supposed to respond in certain situations? The first verse says, make a joyful shout unto the Lord. Make a joyful shout unto the Lord. Now, this is the word shout, that, that word, that phrase is used about 17 times in the Bible. Make a joyful shout unto the Lord. And I've, I've noticed as many times as I've come into church that we, we, we enter into the doors and, and we enter in here in through, through that, those doors and we have this solemn face upon us. We don't seem joyful. And, and to be honest with you, I don't really believe that a lot of us believe that we are in the presence of the true and living God. We don't really believe that. We don't really reference who God is and, and, and what his word tells us about himself. About himself. So, so the psalm is telling us make a shout, make a shout unto the Lord. And, and this is reference. This is given in several examples. In Numbers, in the book of Numbers 23, you remember the story about, um, about Balaam and Balak? Uh, uh, Balak tried to get Balaam to curse, curse the nations of Israel, and and um, and he wouldn't do it. He would he would really just depend depended on hearing from the Lord. So he 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 took a look, he took a look out over uh, the the palace that he was in, and he saw all the people, and he said, "No, I, I will not curse these people because there's a shout." Among them, shout meaning shout meaning to them that God's presence is in their midst. See, we we have to get to this thing, and Carol kind of alluded to this today about being in the presence of God. Is you you just can't come in His presence and not give Him the honor and respect due to Him. There's something that God is requiring from each and every one of us when he makes it possible for us to come into his presence. Balaam wouldn't curse the people because there was the presence of God in their midst. 
in Joshua 6, there was another mention of the shout, about the shout of God. When, when, when the, tutors, the nation of Israel's Joshua gave them the instructions to go around the walls seven times. You remember that story. And he said, right, when you get to the seven times, seven, when you go around seven times, make a shout. Shout mean that when that shout took place, that the, something miraculous happened. God caused that wall to crumble. And, and because they raised their voice and made that shout before God, something took place. You see, I believe, I believe without a doubt in my heart that we miss out on a lot of miracles and a lot of blessing because we don't give God the praises and honor that is due when we come into his house. We don't reverence him like we should. There's no shout that is coming from the people. We don't give God something to inhabit. And we know, we know, we know that, you know, the word tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people. If we don't give him anything, we pin solely upon the praise team to take us where we need to be. Then we, we leave out empty. We leave out unfulfilled because we hadn't given God the shout and the praises that is due for him. Just think about it. He's kept it. He keep you through a whole week. Keep you through a whole week. Take you through dangerous seen and unseen. Take you down the busy highways and all that. Put food on your table. Give you monetary gain. Give you an automobile, houses to ride in, houses to live in. God does all that. And when we enter into the house of the Lord, there should be a shout. God, you did it again. You kept us. There's something that we should release in the atmosphere to to ignite this place. Even even we miss out on a lot of healings because we don't, we don't really give God the praise even before the healing comes. We, we expect it now. We, we get somebody to pray what well, we expect it, but we don't give God the shout to pray. We, we don't draw in. We don't bring in the miracles. We don't bring it in. He says, make a joyful shout. Unto the Lord, all ye lands. And all ye lands is talking about the earth, the nations, the people. He's commanded. This is, this is not an option for us. It's really a command. He said, make a joyful shout unto me. Worship me. There, there's four principles in this text that I want to bring out. And I want you to just write these down and jot these down in your mind. Number one is worship. Number two is service, serve. Number one is worship. Number two is serve. Number three is love. And number four is think. Four principles that are in this text. The first one we've already kind of kind of alluded to. Um, shout really means to worship. It means to worship God. That's the first one. God is expecting a worship from you. And, and I know, I know, I know that each and every one of us 
needs God's divine intervention in our lives. We need it. But we don't receive a lot of things and we receive it far on down the road because we we don't react. There's not a response to God like he's expecting. In this in this passage of scripture, the psalmist wrote this scripture, wrote this this portion of scripture because during that time they were worshiping in a temple. And what those who were in the temple were, were doing, they were they would set the stage for those who were coming to the temple. And what he what they what he would get them to do before they even got there, he would have them they would have them shouting. They would have them shouting. So when they got into the temple, the, the, the atmosphere was already fixed. The atmosphere was already conducive for a blessing from God. So he goes on down to uh, verse 2 and he says, serve the Lord with gladness. So the atmosphere is already being fixed from those who are coming into the temple. Meaning when you are coming into the temple, you already have this shout build up in you already. To, so when you come in into the house of the Lord to serve him or do whatever you need to do, you coming in there with this glad spirit because you already have a shout build up in you. He says, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. And, 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 you, and you know for yourself, just like I do, that, that a lot of times we come in, we, we see all these faces. We see all these faces, and, and we very, very rarely, you know, we see a good smile, a genuine smile from somebody. There's no gladness there. There's, there's no gladness to even sometimes even make a visitor even want to come back because ain't nobody smiling. It ain't no gladness in the house. And, you know, you can't blame them. You can't blame the people who come in and visit us. You know, they, we, show, we, we show no happiness, no gladness that, you know, we're excited about being here, that we're here to praise the Lord. We don't show it. All we come, you know, most of the time we come looking for a word. You know, hear my favorite song. I know I'm right about it. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, and I know there's other factors that play into that for us not being glad servers, that there's no spirit of gladness upon us. A lot of us are convicted in our minds because, you know, we've, we've sinned, we've indulged in some sin, some sinful activities, or we sinned against somebody, or, or, you know, we did something that, you know, we feel God is not forgiving you for. And you come in with this with this fixed mind that, you know, I, I can't I can't be glad or I can't serve the Lord. Or I can't usher, I can't just give him that praise that is due because I know that I got that right there. But Lord, but God says that He He forgives you. He's faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins. 
and cleanse you of unrighteousness. So you don't have to have that cloud over your mind when you come in to worship him. He wants you to come in to worship him with gladness, with joy. Knowing that he's, he's already taken care of that. He's already taken care of your sin. If you confessed it before him, he's forgiven you. He's forgiven you. And you might go leave out of this door and go do it again. But you have to repent of that. You have to keep bringing it up for the Lord, and he'll continue to bless you and change your life. But he wants you to be happy and glad. He wants you to be. That's the second one, to serve. The next one is to love. It said, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Now, that's enough to shout about right there. You didn't make you. My God. We can't look at nobody else and have a negative thought, even if we want to. You, have, you, you can't look at nobody else and say, you know, oh, well, look at her. Look, uh, look at him. Look, at, you know, we can't do that because you didn't make them. You didn't make you. He says it's the Lord who has made us. And not ourselves. Now you now that's great revelations right there. That's great revelation to know that the one who made all things, the one who out of ex nihilo created something from nothing. Only he can do that. Only he he can give a life. Man can you know with all man with all this brilliance that they think that it, that they got on their own. One thing that they can't do, they can't make a life. They can't give a life. They can't breathe a life into something. Only God can do that. And he says that it is he who has made us. I'm telling you, when I read that, and I read it over and over, I read that, that scripture countless times. It is he who has made us. I would say, my God. If it's you who have made me, the one who owns everything, the one who speaks, the only one who has power in his word to perform something, and he knows who I am, he knows, my, he knows every intricate detail of my life, everything that go, that's going on, all that I'm going through, all that I face, Every challenge that's before me, know my days before they get here. My God, I should, I should want to come into this place. I should want to come into this place and just give him praise and just give him honor. Knowing that he knows all things. I'm telling you, you talking about revelations. And to know this, that he loves you. My God, he loves me. You, you, you remember when Karen and them sang that song? He loves me. Oh, how he loves me. My God, to know that he loves me. 
He knows everything about me, everything. Every thought that goes through my head, good and bad, he knows it. But yet he loves me still. Has a love that he has for me that's, that's uncomparable to anything. I ain't talking about no love that loves me sometimes. He loves me all the time, 24-7, 365. He continues to love me. That's a love that even goes beyond my understanding. I don't know why he loves me. I don't know why. I don't know why he loves us. I don't know. But I'm glad he does. I'm glad he does. Because God knows, he knows that I could not have saved myself. I could not have done it. It it wasn't no way that I could get to him. It wasn't no way. But he sent his son into the world to redeem us, to save us, to rescue us. Not because we deserved anything, but because he valued us so much that he would bestow a love upon us that is undeniable, that nothing can separate us from it. He tells us, what can separate you from my love? What can? It ain't nothing. He, and he, really, he, he, he gives a grocery list of all these things, death, height, all these things. Nothing can separate you from my love. And in Romans, he tells us, if God is for us, who can be against us? And you have to believe that. You have to believe it doesn't matter what you're facing right now. It doesn't matter. You have to ask yourself and believe what God says in his word. Is there anything too hard for me? If I am the creator of the world, don't you think I can, I, whatever you're going through, that I can deal with it? That I can change it? You have to believe in your heart. You have to believe it today. There's nothing, absolutely nothing too hard for God. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All he wants you to do is just believe. That's all he wants you to do. That's just a, that's just a, just a reasonable service. Just believe in me. Just believe. Just believe that my son came into the world and died for your sin. All I'm asking you to do is just believe. I'll do the rest. He says, we are the people. We are his people. A God who owns everything. A God who needs nothing. The God who is all-wise and all-knowing, all-self-existence, who needs nothing, but he wants us. He says that you are his people and the sheep of his pastor. When he calls us sheep, that means that he shepherds over us from all. That means he, he shepherds over us from all things. He keeps all things. Now, you know, we have, we have light afflictions, you know. We have tribulations, we know. But God promises in his word that he will deliver you out of you all. All he wants you to do is believe. And he goes on down and says, enter into my gates 
with thanksgiving and into my courts with praise. Now, here we go. This is what God is, this is what God is already prepared for those who were coming into the temple. Enter into my gates. Enter into those gates, those doors right there with thanksgiving. You know, the worst thing that you can do, the worst thing that I could do is not give God thanks. Now, God owns everything. Can, you, can we agree with that? He owns everything, right? So all he wants you to do is give him thanks. A lot, I mean, do you, have you ever given somebody something and they didn't properly thank you for it? I know you know what I'm talking about here. I know you've given people stuff and you, you said, man, they didn't even thank me about it. They, you know, they, I mean, they ain't said nothing. Now that makes you feel some kind of way. <laughs> I know it did. Prime example, um, Friday, you know, I, I, I'm a supervisor over um, a group of the buses in, in, in DeKalb County, and I decided to give all the drivers pizza Friday. You know, we, we, we got out on Thanksgiving holiday, so I decided to buy everybody pizza, ordered all these pizzas from Domino's and set them up in the break room for them to come in, you know, just in between our routes, you know, just, just to eat a little bit. And um, they came in, man, they, they, they grubbed, they ate all that stuff, you know, and they had a good time. Do you know it wasn't but one of those persons? Then but one of those, one of, the, one of, my, one of my staff said, thank you. And this is out of 40 people. You know, and I'm saying, man, you know, I felt some kind of way. I mean, I did. <laughs> I mean, that really just kind of, I said, wow, man. So, you know, I said to myself, I said, well, Lord, thank you for giving me that example. <laughs> I mean, you know, I said, man, one? And, you know, even in the Bible, even in the Bible, when, when Jesus healed the lepers, he healed those lepers. And then but one? Then but one come back to thank him? One. See, you know, you know, God is expecting us now. If Jesus put that example in the Bible, then he's expecting us. The Bible tells us in all things give thanks. And see, you know, when, when you just take stuff for granted, you know, and just, uh, just say, oh, man, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, man, you know, I got that raise. I got that. I did that. Yeah, I got that. I got that raise. Or even even when you go down go to, going down the road and you know you almost been in an accident, you just miss it. You say, "Oh man, whoo, that was a close call." Never saying thank you, Lord. It ain't had nothing to do with your skills. <laughs> nothing, zero. But see, the Lord says to enter in my gates with thanksgiving and into my courts with praise. 
just thanking him and just giving praise. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I praise you. I worship you today. Thank you. And there's so much to be thankful for. You know, we can thank God that he's given us a home. Thank that he's given us breath to live. Thank he's given us activity and mobility where we can just move around and go places. He's given us monetary gain where we can move about. So much to be thankful for. He says he opened up his hands and gives satisfaction to everything that lives because he's God. Only he can do that. We have so much to be thankful for. Even in America, we live in this great nation where, you know, we're getting ready to celebrate a, a year of thanks, uh, uh, you know, just a day of Thanksgiving. And this was done by our f- first president, President uh, uh, George Washington, um, back, back in that time when, when the, um, the English, English people were coming over to take over America, to to plant themselves in America, it was, back that time, it was so many people who died. I mean, it was, it was more graves dug back in that time than any time in history because there were so many people who died. But they took time out for one day, one day in the year to just say, so we're just going to give thanks to God for what he's done, for what he's made possible. And George Washington signed it in as a law. So that's why we celebrate uh, like we'll do next week, the day of Thanksgiving. But we who are Christians, every day is Thanksgiving for us. I mean, every day, I mean, we don't, we don't have to wait to, to this day, to Thanksgiving Day, we can do it every day. We can make a declaration out of it every day. We can just shout and praise God and give him thanks for what he's made possible and all that he's done for us. You just think about it. He, he allows us to come and, and assemble ourselves in, together in a place like this, and, we, and he protects us, he keeps us, he guards us. He keeps us from harm and danger, from people bombarding in here, just arresting us and, and, and just killing us. God protects all of that. And we have to give thanks to him for that. We have to give thanks for him for that. We have something to be grateful for. He says, enter to my gates with thanksgiving. Be thankful of to him and bless his name. The name of the Lord, uh, uh, Minister Terrence mentioned to today, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And we that have been redeemed and called righteous, we run to that name because we know that there's protection, there's life, there's everything that we need in the name of the Lord. And this is the last one. And when we close with this, he says, the Lord is good. We can just close with that. I mean, we could. The Lord is good. My God, the Lord is good. Why should I start? The Lord is good. Let's start with his mercy. (laughs) We just think about that. We can just camp on that. If it wasn't for his mercies. If it wasn't for God's mercies, you ask yourself that question, where would I be if God hadn't had mercy upon me? Where would I, where would I have been 
if God hadn't had mercy and, and, and sent his son to sacrifice for me? Where would I be today? Where would we be? Where would we be if God didn't have that mercy? Where would we be? Where would we be? He says his mercies are everlasting. That means that's an endless stream of mercy. We, the mercies will never give out. And we need mercy. The Bible tells us that each and every day we're greeted with new mercies. Because God knows that we would need them. We need mercies every morning, every day. I know I do. Sometimes I just want to act a fool. You know, from people just acting up. I just want to tell them off. I mean, just go off. But I just thank God, just thank God and just say, Lord, I, I know you had mercies on me. Well, I'm going to be merciful. He says his mercies are everlasting for everlasting. And we can thank the Lord for his mercies. We can thank the Lord for, for what he's made possible through his mercies. He's granted us grace. He's granted us a grace. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.